Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in today. Did you know there's a few different ways you can support us? We have a really cool Patreon page that has some great perks for contributing. Also, we have four sweet shirt designs currently up on our Store Envy page. Both links will be in the description below. And no matter how you choose to support us, we are so grateful to have you on board. Enjoy the show. Clip the mic, sorry. We are back. I apologize for the lengthy absence, uh, the illness that it had swept through my my family, and but we're back now, post post Christmas, and we are excited to be bringing you another freshly baked episode of Big Boys and Body Slam, fellas. Hey, how's your Christmases, guys? Hey, it was good. Did you get any wrestling related items? I got a Kevin Owens T-shirt. Nice. Which Kevin Owens t-shirt did you get? Uh, it's got like the block letters KO and it says Kevin on then Owens on the bottom. Ooh, nice. I think it might be a bootleg, but it's it's like it it's, feels good, you know? Hopefully you didn't get it from the Hebners because that's why they got fired. Ooh. Ooh, maybe I did. Yeah. Maybe Kyle, did you get any, any wrestling related stuff? I got the W or the WCW Nitro book. Mm, the, nice. the new one that's come out that Eric Bischoff has been plugging. I got that, so I'm going to have to... You know, learn how to read learn again to read. and <laughs> check it out. <laughs> Beat me to it. Been a while, huh? Um, also, a buddy of mine who lives in Ohio, his name's Rich, he sent me a autographed poster from an independent show that he did that had, like, Glacier and Madison Rain oh, on what? it. Dang. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, it was, it was pretty sweet. That's awesome. Glacier, the G. Um, I, not on Christmas, but, like, a week before, so I guess you can count it as Christmas. Sure. Uh, I had a, a friend, actually a listener to the podcast, named Mark. Love you, Mark. Uh... He gave me a whole bunch of his old wrestling stuff, nice. which included like uh, a couple Mad Dog Vachon autographs, an Al Snow autograph, a ton of PWIs. Did did he give you head? Um, he. What does everybody want? What uh, does everybody need? He he did give me a picture with head on it. All right, that counts. That counts. Sweet. So I'm glad Mark gave you head. Yeah. So you guys, it sounds uh, like your Christmas. Friend of the podcast, Mark. Sounds like your guys' Christmases were all right then. Yeah, yeah. And Merry Christmas to everybody out there listening in, in podcast land. Hope it was awesome. And um, uh, our next show will be coming to you from the new year, 2019. Yep. We got. This is our last show of the year. This is our last year. show of the year. We made it through We made it through a, almost a half of a year. We started a little bit in the, in the latter um, half of 2018, and we're wrapping up our, our first calendar year of podcasting. And Kyle's getting his TNA fix again. Yes, uh, because today... <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We've got the uh, final resolution, 2006, which is their big end of the year slash their New Year's uh, the new year. show. Yeah. And I, I, this is being touted as Sting's like big return to wrestling, but I think me and Luke looked it up today, and he really was only gone for like a year and a half. Really? No, see, see, Wikipedia liked to do a little play on words. It was Sting's return to national television. Uh. So since 2001, this was the first time he was on national Which television. Which would have been what? When WCW, WCW folded, yeah. When it died. But we, me and Luke did learn that he was in a company called WWA, World Wrestling Alliance. Yes. Yeah. And he lo- he was the champion for a while. He beat, I believe, Lex Luger for it, lost it to Jeff Jarrett, who unified it with the NWA title. Yeah, I th- there was a Wrestling with Regret episode on the WWA that yep. I watched recently. And then uh, he did Shout wrestle. Wrestling with Regret. Yeah. He wrestled Ryan's a the few man. matches in TNA. One, I believe, was him and Jeff Jarrett versus AJ Styles and uh, uh, Six Pac, which is X Pac. Could have never guessed. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so 
so this isn't really he's only been gone for like a year and a half okay it really but it is cool because this is sting's big return and there's some lead up to this um i watched some youtube videos on the lead up to the show the one of the the big storylines going in is christian coming to tna and he's kind of feuding with monty brown and jeff jarrett and he had a bit of an undefeated streak going yes he did he was was actually undefeated going in Mm -hmm. but then uh they, he needed a partner, and that's when Sting returned. Um, the lights went out, and there was just a battling in the ring. So I, I kind of remember this storyline, and I, I, I yeah. enjoyed it. And that's the big that's the big thing, even in the video package to start the show, is it's all very Sting oriented and, uh, and 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 you know very Sting heavy. Obviously, that's the big story. But you also have kind of the the falling out of the three life crew and another story kind of four, the four life, the four life crew. crew and then you have sorry, the, yeah. the Raven not getting his title yeah, so rematch. Few, so he's feuding with Zabisco. But before we get into the show, the main event is a tag team match. Mm-hmm. Me and Zach kind of talked about this the other day a little bit, but how do you feel about a tag team main event with the champion involved? Like, do you like that? Do you, so in this very rare circumstance where Sting, you know, making his national TV debut from since 2001, um, I think it's good. I, I'm okay with it because, uh, I mean, it's such a big deal with Sting, and and you don't want to just throw him out there in singles competition in case he, you know, stinks up the joint. God forbid that Steve Borden would ever do that, but I, I, I like it. I mean, it gives him credibility. There's a lot of stars. Yeah, I think it's yeah. very circumstantial for me as well. Yes, but in this yes. in this uh, in this instance, I'm totally for it. I think that if it's it's if it's booked well and it's the main focus of your of your product, I think it can be pretty effective, actually. Yeah, yeah. I or agree. if you're or if you're tagging, you know, with Mr. Yeah. T going against Paul Orndorff and Roddy Piper, I guess it's all right too. Yeah, sure. I think there's sometimes where it's good like this, or even like the one that you said, and I think there's sometimes that it's very misused. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say that that match was the WrestleMania one match was good, but for the time it was. For the it was just a big thing to see a celebrity yeah. in, Mr. A, T. In, a, in a wrestling yeah. ring. Mm. Should we get into the show? Yeah. So this is TNA Final Resolution 2006 coming to us from the Impact Zone in Orlando, Florida. 900 people on sold hand. Sold out. Sold out in the Impact Zone. Um, and there is a video package to kick things off. Uh, and again, it's very Sting-oriented. Pretty well done, though. Kind of goes through the whole story and the background of, of, of Christian and then Monty Brown and Jeff Jarrett uh, kind of cutting promos together about... Sting's return to kick stuff off. A lot of new metal. Hopefully, you're a new metal fan because uh, I love this new metal. show is just riddled hey, with like mm, mid 2000s new metal. You know what the best new metal band is? Linkin Park. Limp Biscuit. Dang it! <laughs> WWE's favorite band, Limp Biscuit, in the world. It's true. Um, um, I will say, poor poor TNA couldn't find a sponsor for Final Resolution 06. So the official sponsor of Final Resolution 2006 is TNAWrestling.com. All right. That's it. That's no joke. That's it. That's I th- awesome. We talked about that last night. TNA. Um, so, I, I, the one thing I really liked about the video package was that it really made Sting's return feel special. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. really, really, really hyped it up like a lot. And not oh, not too much, but just I think it found that, that perfect amount of like, you got to watch this because Sting. Yeah, that Sting is coming back. You know what? At first, there was something I kind of found hokey, but then I thought about it, and I really liked it. They, they did the pre-match graphics, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have a picture of Sting. They oh, just yeah. had the Scorpion. And at first, I, <laughs> yeah, was like, yeah. I was like, that's really lame. But then I thought about it, I'm like, nobody's seen Sting. Exactly. Like, they really... They were really hyping it. They are even hyping up, like... The uh, Mike Tanay and uh, Don West were even hyping up. We don't know what version of Sting we're gonna get. True. Uh, they were kind of that was like a point throughout the night. And the uh, mystique, exactly. I well, thought they did a very good job of hiding it. You uh, know, it's I agree. Kind of, it's kind of a similar way that 
they built up Taker's return at WrestleMania 20. Yeah. Yep. They never showed Definitely. him. Never showed him. It was just voices from the PA, you know, lights going out, all that sort of a thing. So, yeah, they definitely kept the mystique, but you can't lie, Kyle. That graph, it's a huge scorpion. Like, it's just Christian standing next to a, a huge giant scorpion. 2D oh, yeah. scorpion. It was kind of <laughs> goofy, art, but it was fun. There are a few kind of corny things on this show. Yeah. Um, so then, actually, something else that's interesting, we got some nice TNA pyro to start the show. Makes me miss pyro in WWE. I miss pyro. Um, and then, we, again, we do have Don West and Mike Tanay on commentary. And right away, we're going to start Don the match West. off. Uh, hold on. Don West yeah, wearing just some ridiculous shit. Like that, what was the... It's like a purple shirt. The purple metallic shirt yeah. and the tie. Oh, my goodness. It was very 2000, like mid-2000s. Also, real quick, sorry, Zach. Are uh, you good? Don West and Mike Tanay, are they like the most hype uh, announced team? Ever? I loved them. Like, Dude, are they, that, are they the yelliest? Uh, are they the yelliest? Uh, I don't know. Uh, you got uh, Mauro Ronaldo and Nigel McGuinness on uh, oh, NXT that point. are very, very yelly. Yeah. You know, Don West got a bad reputation as not a good announcer, but I, I enjoyed him. He was just so hype, and he kept... He's he, the flavor flavor of wrestling. He, he just kept you hype all, all show. It was really nice, uh, especially, in, like, they hit their spots in the show, and they got excited when they needed to, but it never felt like too much. I thought this was actually a very good, like, a well-energized yes. commentary team on this night, which is not something you could always say about Mike Tanay. Uh, Correct. But, especially WCW days. Yeah, in yeah. the WCW days particularly. But here he was... Especially in that Rhino and Abyss match, like they were losing their mind. Don, Don just lifts him up, man. Yep. How can you not be right next to Don West and just be yeah. hype as hell? Yeah. Should we get into the first match? Yeah. Do it. This match has got some names. Yeah. So check this out. We got a six man tag Alex Shelley, Roderick Strong, and Austin Aries versus mm-hmm. Matt Bentley, accompanied by Tracy, Sanjay Dutt, and Chris Sabin. How about that for a who's who of, of mid 2000s TNA X Division Chris, talent? I mean, you got, you got a who's who of guys that are still currently doing something yeah. with Roderick Strong, Austin Aries, and Chris Sabin. Was anybody else? Like kind of blown away at the like transformation Austin Aries has made in twelve years. Oh, he looks like a different um, person now. What? He was stacked back then. Not Dude, he, he looks the same now. to me, except Bro. that really? he's grown up. I think his physique has changed a lot. So yes, he was more stacked back then, but he's literally the same greasy face. Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. The same exact hair, same exact facial hair. Like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it though. Hey Luke, do you have anything else to say about anybody else in this match? Uh oh. Uh. Tracy ooh. Brooks maybe. Ba 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 ba. Uh, oh, 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 my God. Yeah, so, so <laughs> sorry, sorry. The, the, the biggest of bosom shots. Good Lord. I, it was funny because Matt Bentley, the crowd would bounce with him. Yeah. And they said there was a Bentley bounce, and then... Uh, they called it the Tracy bounce. Yeah, Don West called it the Tracy bounce. Uh, she's, she's dressed like, like a schoolgirl here. I mean, they just really were just like, okay, so how much cleave... Can we get away can with? Can we show Right here? off the bat. Also, right off the bat, slick Christopher Daniels Johnson in the ring. Slick Johnson. And you know what? Oh, yeah. How nice was it to see Slick Johnson? Some people are Paul Heyman guys. I'm a Slick Johnson Hell guy. Hell no. I'm a Slick Johnson guy. He's the best ref of all time. Best. And, oh, and we got proof that he is not the same person as Christopher so Daniels. So I, I have that on later on. I have that later they on my notes. They might be twin brothers, no, but they're I officially think, not the same person. I think Christopher Daniels is just the greatest magi- magician of all time. <laughs> He's a possible. fallen angel, you know. That's possible. He can do stuff. Um, let's get into this match here. Uh, I, again, just what a talented group of guys to open the show with. Uh, so Shelly and Saban start. There's a big kick to Shelly. Then Duck gets tagged in right away. Uh, he gets powerbombed right onto Shelly for a near fall by his own partner. It was like a Hurricane Rana powerbomb kind of move. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting double team maneuver there. Uh, and then Roddy Strong comes on. He tries getting back right on Dutt, but Dutt kind of counters them all into like a series of arm drags. Uh, Bentley comes in, and then a little bit later on, there's some big strikes to Roddy in the corner, and then Aries gets tagged in. And this is when the announcers start drooling over Tracy, and they call it the Tracy bounce because she's at ringside 
Bouncing. Bouncing. Bouncing uh, the bosom. They are just drooling over her. Uh, kind of a little bit of creepy old man going on. But hey, you know, it's all right. It's all hey, right. you know what? what? Jerry Lawler gets away with it, man. Let's, that's true. Let some, let some other guys. That's right. No, that's that's a fair point. Uh, Ares get gets beaten up here on the opponent's corner uh, for a good long time. Then there's a bridging suplex for a Bentley near fall, and then Bentley tags in Dutt, who comes back in. He tries for the sprinkler, which is like the top rope kind of move Yeah. when he like bounces on the top rope, but he gets crotched uh, right away. And that didn't work out. I, I was kind of wanting to see the move because I like it was a move I'm not that familiar with. And they, they said he's going for the sprinkler, and I'm like, that sounds like a move I'd want to see. And he even did the dance too. Do you remember the sprinkler? Kyle? I do. Yeah, the player from the Himalaya. Yeah. Um. Also, randomly in this match, you see both Dave Hebner, Bleach Blonde, yeah, Dave Hebner Dave in the crowd, uh, and Jerry Lynn, and the on the entrance just watching. Jerry Lynn, like wearing old man, dad glasses. wrestling coach, <laughs> yeah, dad yeah. wrestling coach, Jerry just Lynn. like hanging out at the ringside. Uh, and so Dave Hebner, and he made a few appearances on the show, and like it never went anywhere. Nope. <laughs> he just showed up. He showed up in the uh, was it the Abyss and the Rhino match that he showed yeah. up in as well. Yeah. And he would he showed up in the entrance ramp there. He was in the crowd in this match, but it like never went anywhere. I was like, where's this gonna go? What's the talent? relations guy gonna do and he never did anything just worth noting um and then we get a triple team double stomp by the heel team which is of course uh, strong shelly and aries so uh two of the gentlemen were held down the third man came in did the double stomp i thought that was an interesting triple team move there and that uh was led to a near fall for alex shelly as he tagged into the match at that moment and then he tags roddy in right away and then this is when we see hebner then there's a backbacker near fall for strong and then aries comes back in he drapes Dutt onto the top rope and then just kicks him right in the chest sends Dutt outside there's more dirty triple team work here by the heels shelly comes in hit Knight gets a nice looking crossfit on Dutt, and then he kind of uh, adjusts it into like a horizontal surfboard armbar type maneuver. There you go. Uh, I don't know exactly what it's called. No, but that was that was technically correct. Thank you. Um, and then Dutt fights back a little bit here, and then there's a tornado DDT to Strong. Sabin gets tagged in, and Sabin was probably the most over person in this match, by the way. Yes, he was. Because uh, when he got the hot tag here, the crowd went crazy, and then Shelly gets tagged in. They were kind of the two that were going back and forth a lot against each other in this match. Uh, Shelly gets put in a tree of woe, and then Sabin hits the basement dropkick, and then like a flying basement dropkick, kind of like uh, Finn Balor does to his opponent to get him into the corner, but he did that in the tree of woe position. Uh, Strong comes in and gets involved here, gets taken out, and then uh, there's a Sabin and Zaguri, and then Bentley comes in, hits a top rope elbow. Aries breaks up the pin, though. There's an arm drag to Shelly for a near fall. Roddy interferes, gets a... Uh it gets a big backbreaker on Bentley. Then he gets taken out by Dutt. Dutt gets sent out by Ares. Ares gets sent out by Sabin. And then Sabin does a suicide dive onto Ares on the outside. Uh, back in the ring here, uh, Bentley and Shelly are still the legal men. Uh, Matt Bentley tries for a super kick, but he gets hit with a drop kick. And then, uh, which by Roddy, which he should have seen coming, by the way. Uh, because yes. yeah. it was very much in his peripheral vision. I thought that was kind of silly. I had to make a note of that. Uh, he definitely could have seen Roddy coming, but it was a cool-looking spot, I guess, nonetheless. Uh, and then Roderick Strong gets distracted by Tracy and then eats a super kick by Bentley, and then Shelly gets the roll-up for the pinfall victory off of that um, distraction. So Shelly, Strong, and Aries win the match. It was about in about uh, 17 minutes or so. I thought it was a pretty good opening match. Um, a lot of fun stuff here, a lot of quick... X division work. I give it three point five. I gave it three and a quarter. I thought it was a hot start to the show. Hot Tracy. Hot. <laughs> the crowd was hot for Saban. Um, Saban was hot too. He's got that little uh, metrosexual haircut. Dude, yeah, frosted, a tip. There it, are frosted tips everywhere. On this yeah, show. I, I like him with long hair better. But <laughs> you had you had you had Saban with the frosted tips. Shelly with the frosted tips. Jeremy Borash had frosted tips. Oh my gosh. Uh, uh, Christopher Daniels. Christopher Dan. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> 
But yeah, three and a, three and a quarter. It's cool to see these guys kind of young yeah. and seeing where they're at now, especially For like sure. Aries, Strong, and Saban. Yeah, and it's it's, it's crazy that Saban got to hold the belt for a while in Impact. So yeah, yeah. I well, feel he like deserved it. yeah, he I did. feel like of all of the those three guys that you just mentioned, Roderick Strong to me has he's like the same guy. Like, yeah, definitely. His yeah. ring work he has not slowed down at all. I don't know how young he was here. I imagine he was pretty young. Oh, he was super young. I mean, just seeing his work now and comparing he it to them. He hits so like, hard. He ages like wine. He's just getting better and better like, even to this day. The way he sells his offense is yeah, incredible. Yeah. Luke, what do you think of the match? Um, I give it three and a half, nice. like you, sir. Uh, I mean, it's a classic X Division opener. I feel like TNA, if there's one thing, uh, you know, technically X Division, I guess, but if there's one thing that TNA had down pat, it was the X Division matches and those openers. Yeah. Like, they were just able to get the crowd going right away. This is just a car crash between six very talented individuals. Uh, one name we didn't mention here, Kyle, uh, Sanjay Dutt, he was kind of. They were saying he was basically the up-and-comer in, in TNA. Yeah, and, yeah. and Sanjay Dutt, Kyle, correct me if I'm wrong, still with the company. Yes, he is. Yes, he's he actually is. injured right now, so he's on the, uh, the, IR. the, the creative the IR, team. Yeah. Oh, creative. Um, nice. So this show was how long ago? 2006? 12 years 12. ago. 12 years ago. So he Almost was, to the money. Almost so he, the Roderick back. Strong was about 23. Wow. So he was very young. Yeah, he was He was just, just getting That's going. That's awesome. Yeah, so three and a half. Um, a lot of these guys are young, so it's kind of benefit of the doubt, but... Man, that's such a stacked match. I know, I know. Yeah, so good it, stuff. It could have been a little bit better, but it was still, mean, yeah. it was still really good. Um, so after that, we get a video package that is hyping up, um, kind of not hyping up, but recapping every all the uh, the soap opera of drama that's been going on with the Four Life crew. Uh, so you have a story where uh, Conan and BG James, who is the road dog, uh, are kind of having some uh, civil disagreements. <laughs> well, and it was basically so like Kip James came into the group, made yeah. a four live crew and Conan Which is Billy Gunn. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Have said. No, you're good. But uh uh and Conan never trusted him or agreed with him even though he was clearly just trying to help. So he so, decided to assault the road being a reckless dad. little gangster. Well, well then then they broke up. Yeah, yep. they broke up from and the four then, live crew. And then Conan aligned himself with Homicide and Apollo, yep. which Apollo was the original big man of the LAX. Yep, and so they formed LAX. Yep, and then um, they assaulted the James gang and Bullet Bob Armstrong came back, who's a legend, and tried to get everybody to work out their problems and the LAX beat up and Bullet LAX Bob. LAX pooped on him. So basically you have 3LK kind of branching off into three separate entities. You have the LAX, uh, the, LAX the James gang, and then you have Wrong Killings. And then you yeah. have, as always, by his lonesome, Wrong the yeah. Truth Killings. No, um, not by his lonesome, because he's got some pretty good company right. these days. That's uh, mm-hmm. true. Uh, so that's kind of the story going into this match. Also, also um, yeah. this is the first time that these two have just tagged straight up. Yeah, this is the first time they've made a comeback in TNA. That's a good. That's a, That's a. an interesting point to make. Uh, this is their first match as the James gang. Um, they later would become Voodoo Kin Mafia. Yes, yeah. they would. If you were hoping to see that storyline play out in this match at all, Sorry. Sorry. Because, <laughs> uh, spoiler, it's not going Weird, to. yeah. Uh, the match is going to be Diamonds in the Rough, who is David Young and Elix Skipper, accompanied by Simon Diamond, versus the James Gang, Kip and BG James. BG is the road dog. Kip is Billy Gunn, just to reiterate there. Uh, so, pre-match, Kip and uh, BG cut, like, a, it's a total classic New Age Outlaws promo, but just, somehow it's just, even cornier than it was when they were in the New Age Outlaws. This was Well, because they can't say road dog. Yeah, they can't say badass this was Billy big Gunn. Yikes. Like, it, I was blushing. Oh, oh, you, were, oh you were really... So you gotta understand, man. I in, 06, was in 06, that was probably great fan service. Oh yeah, but but it was, I actually enjoyed it until he Kip said he had three words for you, and then he said six words. He said five, five, five words, and then I said six last night too. And every time I'd say six, Luke would say it's oh, five. Oh, get it? 
get it got it good right yeah yeah so five yeah. words Yikes. get it got it good and then today was like well that might have been more than three words but you know hey kip james is never a math guy he's just a wrestling guy you know it's tough oh and, and he's should, also an ass man we should note that elix skipper primetime elix skipper currently is the manager of an applebee's unfortunately I, whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't say unfortunate. Maybe he's happy. No, Maybe he he's should happy. still be main event shows. You got to give him some respect there. He's doing whatever you know he wants with his life. I do, I do not understand though how he's still not in some sort of athletic profession. He should still be wrestling. That guy was amazing. Yeah, he was very talented. That's what I'm saying. I'm not that, I'm not putting him down okay. for working at Applebee's. I'm putting him down. Yes, for, unfortunately, he's not still in the wrestling. I'm not biz. putting him down. I'm putting down everybody else. It's Sorry, just interesting Dad. to see how love you. Uh, you see these people you know, in these wrestling shows, particularly from this era and, and before. And when you think about them, you think, well, they must be still be doing something in the industry or they're, they're doing fine or they're, you know, they've got a, a good retirement going on. But the reality is so many of these people end up, you know, in normal jobs or just broken. Yeah. And so many, and, and so many people will never even know who they were. Uh, it's just an interesting thing to, think I really about. think, I really think we've turned the corner on that and we can have a whole nother conversation about that. But yeah, uh, wrestlers these days are they just seem like they have their stuff together man yeah they've really definitely. taken the old ones as an example and you know saving your money blah 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 yeah. not doing a yeah. ton of drugs destroying yeah. your body yeah it used to be like this wild west industry oh, right? dude, it and was a rock star lifestyle yeah and now it's very much it's very much uh like clean cut and professional yeah yeah, yeah. we'd like to think anyways i mean well, i'm sure there's some stuff going well there's on, some stuff that we don't know should we get, this match? Out? Yeah, anyway. get on the match uh so BG and Skipper are going to start things off. Skipper gets a lot of early offense here. He's working over BG. Uh, and, and I thought BG, I'm just going to call him Road Dog in this instance. I thought he looked very slow, out of shape, and lethargic in this match. He was out of shape. And yes. we just saw a BG James match a few months prior to this when we did Bound for Glory 05. I, even in that few month span, I thought he looked much better than he did here. Like, yep. what happened in those few months to him? Because well, he no, looked terrible. No, no, no. You gotta under so this is January of 06. And then we watched Bound for Glory in 06. So that no, was we watched Bound for Glory 05. of 05. Oh, did we? Which was what? Oh, mid -year, like October. October yeah. yeah. So in that oh, few, like, what okay. happened in a few months to him? Yeah. Was it the way he was dressed tonight? I don't know. There's something about him that just he looked off to me mm -hmm. uh, the whole match. Um, so then uh, Kip gets tagged in, and then um, Young gets tagged in, and they exchange grapples and into the corner. Um, the diamonds both get taken out. The diamonds and the rough both get taken out uh, by the James gang here on a couple uh, tag team moves. There's a big spine buster from Young to BG, and then Skipper comes back in. BG gets kicked hard in the back for a near fall as he's like in a seated position, and then Young comes in. That's a basement drop kick by Young. Kip um, makes it a, a ref distraction here, which causes a near fall instead of a likely victory. Um, and then James gets up top, misses a moonsault. Both men are down here. And then Kip comes back in. There's a power slam to Young. He takes out Simon Diamond on the apron, who gets involved. And then he misses a corner splash on the skipper. And then there's a lariat to skipper for a near fall. And then Kip James uh, hits a slam. I didn't catch the name of this move. Uh, it was, was like a... Was this the finish? Yeah. Yeah, yeah the Taz Mission suplex. Yeah, it was like a Taz Mission bomb almost. Not a, necessarily a suplex. I mean, of, I mean... It was more of a suplex than a bomb. Was it? Yeah. I uh, mean, you're the one who didn't know what it was called. I know, that's true. I guess Taz I Mission suplex? Say. Yeah. Uh, and that was the end of the match, and the uh, James Gang win. I thought this was a very average match. Uh, very. I give it 2.5 stars. Uh, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen, but it just didn't... I forgot about it. <laughs> As, as, almost instantly like if that's any indication of how mediocre this match was mm -hmm. um, it wasn't I, offensive it just wasn't very good I thought it was the worst match on the card um, I still gave it a 2 um, it just didn't it was just so average and so bland I much would have rather seen the LAX versus the James gang or something around that um, and it was weird that they didn't play the 
that that into this match like yeah i thought for sure i was 100 percent sure going into that match that that the video package i had just seen and that angle and that whole story was yeah, going Conan to play into this match or something and it did not at all like there was yeah. not an nary a a hair of any of those people <laughs> in this match and it was odd to me yep yep it, it was so, very strange so two were my my least favorite match of the night just because it was bland nothing else but it was not mine but we'll get to that yeah <laughs> yeah mine neither but uh i gave it i actually gave it two and three quarters okay um I mean, it was good to get that, you know, the old Road Dog and Billy Gunn connection. Also, um, so two things. One, Elix Skipper has always looked really weird to me. Like, just physically, he looks very disproportionate. Yeah. So, like, he looks like he has Shelton Benjamin's body. And then, like, a smaller, like, Adrian Peterson slash Damon Wayans head. Oh, you're just going to talk trash about me off camera? Or off camera? Off microphone? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, so no, anyway, anyway, Elix Skipper looks weird. Also, uh, Kyle, I remember you saying while we were watching this that uh, Kip James did not look like he was in the best shape of his life. No, he, like when he went to WWE, like after this, dude was just but just dude, jacked. Has he ever looked out of shape though? No, I'm no, not saying not he looked out of shape. Ever. I was just saying he doesn't look like he's in prime Billy compared Gunn to, shape. Compared to BG James, he looked like a freaking world champion bodybuilder. But, Greek when, God. but when Billy Gunn went back to WWE and he had that that tag team title run and then yeah. they, they teamed with like CM Punk against the Shield and stuff. Oh yeah, dude was just oh, yeah. mm-hmm. huge. Well, and even now, have you seen some of his more recent photos? He's yeah, been sharing he, on Instagram. he's been. Ta- he looks like a monster now. He's yeah. been teaming with his boy Austin. Yep. And uh, yeah, so I gave that one two and three quarter stars. And then we had friend of the pod Shane Douglas. Yeah, interviewing Christopher. Christopher I can't believe it's not Slick Johnson Daniels. I know. I know. So basically, he says uh, Christopher Daniels says that Joe is a liar and he says things that aren't true, and that he's gonna. Uh, beat him tonight and win that title the X Division Championship it, he said it much more eloquently than that the thing that I noticed about this uh, I mean obviously it was a great promo Christopher Daniels can talk like nobody's business mm-hmm. very believable character very good worker how the hell did he never get a, a real fair shake in the WWE yep. I will, that's one of the biggest like pro wrestling he's not 6'8 with 300 pounds of muscle on him. That's but you got to understand, like, all those TNA main event guys, feel it feels like they eventually made it over there. Yeah, he's and like, like Christopher the, he's Daniels. the exception. Yeah, he is. No, I agree, but... And I don't understand why. Like, he, At least he got a Ring of Honor title run. He's amazing. He he's is incredible. He's amazing. I mean, it can't he's, be a character thing because his character is so great, too. Like, a lot of the TNA guys, if you look at them, are not, not even TNA, but a lot of the consistent. smaller promotions. Like, even if they were great workers, it was always that other half they were missing. You know, it was always the character work and the, the storytelling. But he has that in spades. That's, yeah. He's one of the biggest mysteries to me of why he never got a real chance. I'm just happy that Ring of Honor gave him that title run, Definitely. even though it was just brief. It was a very short mm-hmm. run, but it was, it was fun while it lasted. Yeah, it was really he's, cool. He's the unsung hero. By far, to me, of yeah. TNA, of TNA, of Mount Rushmore, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. See, definitely. Uh, after that, we get a match that when I saw this match on the card, I was I fully was very. You were Hiroshi Tanahashi. I was Tanahashi <laughs> up because this is Hiroshi Tanahashi versus AJ Styles, and uh, the announcers are really putting over how this is like a big international matchup, and how they have Tanahashi on loan from New Japan Pro Wrestling, and he's even got his uh, his U uh, thirty belt, which is the under thirty championship, oh, around his go. waist as he comes out. I didn't even um, notice that. How cool is it to see? Uh, both of these guys still going so strong twelve years after this. Obviously, AJ just finished up maybe the best run of his career, career yes. as the WWE champion. And Hiroshi Tanahashi main eventing this. is main eventing Wrestle Kingdom here next week uh, or in two weeks. I mean, how cool is it to see these two guys still just masters at their craft? Um, I don't know what's going to happen with Tanahashi because I know his body is, is really starting to kind of catch up to him. But 
How cool! How cool is it to see both guys still in the main event scene yep. after all these years? It's I'm going to check to see what their respective ages were. Yes, do that. Uh, I'm going to get into the match while you're doing that. Do Please it. Please do it. Um, so the crowd is split here. Uh, about half of them are going for AJ Chance. Half of them are doing her uh, Tanahashi Chance. Uh, they exchange race locks to start the match. Then they then exchange arm drags. Tanahashi tran transitions into an arm bar onto AJ. And then there's a big drop kick by AJ a little bit later on. Hiroshi rolls out of the ring to catch his breath. AJ goes for a springboard move to the outside, but Tanahashi moves out of the way. Uh, and AJ catches himself and does not jump over. That's a nice, uh, smart, logical booking there between the two. They trade big forearm strikes for a while. Then there's an AJ scoop slam. A nice release German to AJ. Dropped him right on, the, right on his neck there. Good looking suplex. There's a standing elbow rolling senton combo for a Tanahashi near fall there. Then both men try to apply the sleeper. Only Tanahashi can sink it in though. And then he transitions that into the dragon sleeper. Tanahashi misses a top rope elbow which AJ manages to fight back. He hits an enziguri and then a phenomenal forearm to Tanahashi. And there's a suplex like set up into a neckbreaker for an AJ Styles near fall and a full Nelson slam for a Tanahashi near fall and then a sling blade to Styles uh, for another Tanahashi near fall and both men are battling on the top rope here a little bit later on there's a side suplex it kind of gets countered into like a cross body uh, from the top rope by AJ uh, both men are down after that move and then Tanahashi ducks it in Zaguri and then Shannon Moore comes in with this uh <laughs> Wrestler of the Year award that AJ Mr. had TNA. won. Yeah, Mr. TNA. There you go. Uh, award that AJ had won that he had stolen, and that's kind of the storyline they had. He goes to hit AJ with it. AJ ducks out of the way, hits Tanahashi with it. AJ Pele kicks more, and then Styles clashes Tanahashi for a victory in 11 and a half minutes. Um, I'm surprised it was that long. I really liked this match, but that ending was poop. Th that was kind of the that's kind of the story of this show for me. A lot of overbooked endings to like these really good matches. So um, yeah, just the this was a feud between Shannon Moore and AJ Styles. Right. Um, he had been stealing this award from AJ for a couple weeks leading up to this, and if I remember correctly, they feuded for a little bit, and Shannon Moore actually got a pinfall. And then all of a sudden was just out of TNA because he was working on an open contract, and then just went and signed back with WWE. Oh wow! And fucked him really? over hard. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, that fun fact from my wrestling um, forum days. Yeah, I Proud thought I th still thought this was a very good match. Um, very obvious that you're watching two stars in the making here. Uh, I still gave it three stars. I I really didn't like that ending, uh, but it didn't bring it down too much for me. What so do you think? I hated the ending, and I wish it was longer. Yeah. Yes, yeah. but I stay still gave it three and a half because it was just no pun intended, but phenomenal. Yeah. Um, if if you would have given them ten more minutes. This could have been mm -hmm. a four and a half star match, mm -hmm. definitely. Oh, for sure. Uh, I actually, I also gave it three and a half. Nice, um, dude. Nice. Yeah, dude. Sweet. Great minds think alike. Uh, fist bump fail. That's for oh, you, Greg. Hey. hey. <laughs> but I mean, this could have been this could have been a classic. This yeah. could have been a you know Meltzer five star um, <laughs> with a better tempo. Are you okay? Did you? Oh, on that soda. Oh, you yeah, just yeah. mentioned Dave Meltzer, and I think it made him a little ill. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> uh, better tempo and more time could have been a classic, and I think. So I get the Shannon Moore rivalry, whatever. I mean, it seemed very childish, especially yeah. once AJ got their ward back. And, and then, then he like, steals it back. He steals it back and <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Like, yeah, AJ's like, just like, and AJ's just like, damn it. Yeah. Give it um, back to me. I just think that, especially when you have him on loan from New Japan, like you have this opportunity. To really do um, something. Yeah. Like, don't. Why? Why even put Shannon in there? You could have done it after the yeah, pin. Yeah. Um, and by the way, Tanahashi here. So he's 42 now. Uh, yeah. He was 30. AJ's which is around the that, same age, right? Yes, he was He was 29 here. Okay. Which Tanahashi might have technically been 29 because you said he was wearing the U30, U30. Yeah, belt. Yeah. When's Tanahashi's so. birthday? Oh, gosh. 
I, I'm not going to go back. He was 29. This, was, this was in January, so yeah, right. well, they, mentioned, they mentioned that he was 29, I believe, in the, yeah. in, during the match. So you didn't. You were just not going to say that? Or? I was just going to let you, you know. Just Thanks. Just struggle? On, sure. On. Yeah, three and a half stars. Um, awesome. It definitely could have been a, a better in a classic, but okay, I digress. I agree. Um, wow. So after that uh, match, there's a video package kind of going over the next match, which is going to be Raven versus a mystery opponent. Uh, so the whole storyline behind this is that Larry Zabisco, who's kind of running things, he's, he's kind the of authority booking, figure yeah, for TNA at the time, uh, really doesn't like Raven that much and wants him out of out of business. Uh, keeps getting his goonies to attack him, and eventually there's a stipulation made uh, that Raven will have to be in a no DQ match against a mystery opponent. If he wins that match he gets a title shot if he loses that match his contract is gone and this isn't the first mystery opponent he also faced um uh chris canyon and just incredible um leading up to this match on okay, other pay-per-views okay. were those oh boy uh were those sorry i don't have this at the top of my head but were those the stipulation matches I, as well? i believe so yes career matches for for raven okay and um this was all over because I think you might have said it that Zabisco wouldn't give him his title shot yeah, rematch. Yep, yep. Um, so he's going to get it if he wins tonight. Uh, and then, so after that video package, we go. Shane Douglas interviews Raven in like an attic. <laughs> it looks like who's just chilling uh, with candles. Yeah, with candles all over the place. And I have to say, uh, I I love Raven. Man, I thought his delivery was so bad in this promo. I thought he sound, <sighs> I thought he sounded so like disinterested, and he would have rather been doing anything. And I love Raven, but. I don't know. There's something about the way he was handling himself and the way he was speaking. His what his content he was saying was very riveting and very interesting, but his delivery just sounded so wooden and so yeah. stilted to me. I don't but, think it was the best promo of Raven's career, but I don't think it was bad either. I think it was. I think he was playing up the fact that he was he was anxious. He wanted to get out there and get it done because he didn't want to lose. He mentioned that if he lost wrestling, he would kill himself. Yeah, type. he said he was going to blow his brains out. Which was a very wrestling. awkward thing. That, to I admit, well, that that's me, a very Raven thing. To that say. made me kind of chuckle out loud. I think it was just the way he said it. Nice, dude. Uh, I know. Uh, Monster. So after that, well, Raven... Oh, on, sorry, go on. ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry, I got, Luke. I got some stuff from that. I'm sorry, Luke. Um, you're right. I mean, it did seem a little wooden, but at the same time, it's kind of Raven shtick. Yeah, that's you know? true. Like, he he's indifferent. He's the grunge. Yeah. He's the grunge guy anyway there was a he referred to he uh talking about larry zabisco said zabisco you look like a festering piece of dung shat out of a diseased yak and then he replied with um a question don't you have better things to do like filing paperworks and tossing salads and some chatter in the background go ahead Oh, no, 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 it just, you know, you just missed the part about Raven saying that Zabisco tosses salads, but... Um, oh, yeah, I, heard, I, heard, I mean, I heard that when it happened. Yeah, fi- it was good filing stuff. paperwork, tossing salads. Yeah. Um, so then after that... that, that okay, Zabisco is in the ring, and I gotta say, the way that Zabisco was dressed, he was wearing this, like, button-down, like, big dog shirt when they're all on it motorcycles. Was, I told you it was big he dog. Looked, he looked like a chain smoker who would hang out at the bowling alley that Shawn Michaels oh, works at. Totally. Does he not? <laughs> Shawn, he just, nowadays, Shawn Michaels yeah, he just And he probably cigarettes. doesn't even bowl. He just goes into the bar, drinks, <laughs> yeah. eats the mini corn dogs, and, and, and he talks trash. He bowls two games, right? And he talks trash frames. to everyone else and yeah. tries to tell them they're doing it wrong. That's totally the vibe Zabisco is giving off here. I love Larry Zabisco. Every time uh, he's I appeared lo- on a TNA show, I've been just over the moon. I love the character that he had. I love it. And then, so, can we get to who the mystery partner is? Yeah, so... Because I, I have a bone to pick on this one. So, um, Zabisco's in the Ooh. ring. He says, you're never going to guess, but your opponent is X-Pac, Sean Waltman. And we're never going to guess because what did Raven and Sean Waltman have in common? Had they ever even touched in their lives before? They probably had a match on, like, Sunday Night Heat back in the day. Yeah. But, but when Raven was in ECW... Waltman was in WWF and WCW. Yeah. And then when he went to WCW, Waltman was in 
WWE. Mm-hmm. It just seemed so random. And then also, Zabisco accidentally called him X Pac. Yeah. Because that's trademarked by WWE. He's like, so X Pac. Sean Waltman. Yeah. Um, he was called, he was Six Pac here, I think. Yeah, he had the Six Pac tights on. Right, but he was, they were calling him Sean Waltman and Waltman yeah. throughout the match. Yeah. So, um, Right after the bat, Raven chases Larry Zabisco around the ring and just walks right into... You need into to mention that he walks in with a cart full of, of garbage. Of course. I thought that kind of went without Because you know, you, know, you know it's about to go down But he walks Raven out. Of course, walks Raven comes out with a shopping cart full of trash and weapons and trash cans and all, all that fun stuff. Uh, so right off the bat, um, Raven chased Zabisco around the outside of the ring and then uh, Six Pack hits Raven with a trash can lid. And then the match starts after that. Uh, Pack uses, abuses Raven with a kendo stick in the ring. Gets some nice shots. That kendo stick did not last very long. Two shots, it was done. Uh... Raven does recover and he hits six pack with a trash can. Raven gets busted open, even though the trash can uh, hit him in the in the back. I don't know. The most blatant blade job <laughs> yeah, I've ever I seen. I don't know how that happened, but he's busted open, bleeding from the head here. Um, Raven goes after Zabisco again, and then um, Pac jumps over the top rope, takes everyone out, and then he rams Raven with a shopping cart several times up the entrance ramp, and then Raven smashes six pack with a trash can lid, and then he puts. Uh, Raven puts uh, six pack in the cart and then he goes to shove it off the entrance ramp. Uh, Waltman falls out and just takes a nasty bump on his tailbone and like bounces off of the end of the entrance ramp before he falls off the stage. That like very ouchy. Uh, At first I was, I thought that was a botch. Yeah. But imagine if you'd have thrown that cart off the ramp. I know. I don't know. Like they might've meant to save. Maybe that's possible. I have no clue. Uh, so then the shoe's on the other foot here, because then Six Pack gets ran over with the shopping cart a few times. Then Raven grabs a table from under the ring, as well as a ladder. Uh, and then Raven accidentally takes out the ref in one of the weirdest and most sloppy-looking ref bump spots I've ever seen. Somebody wasn't in the right spot or something, because it, like Raven looked like he went out of his way. Uh, basically, he was going for a clothesline. Uh, X-Pac ducked out of the way. Uh, but the, the timing wasn't really right, and it looked like Raven just targeted the ref. Uh, it was kind of ugly. And there's a Raven hits the Raven DDT. It was called something else. But Raven effect? Yes. Even uh, flow? And there's no ref to count here. Uh, Zabisco comes in to be the ref, and then he gets a screwy near fall where he counts one, two. There's a slight delay on the three count. I, I didn't think it was an. I didn't think he took. I didn't think he went far enough with it, with the whole referee thing. Like, I feel yeah, like. He should have been more heelish. It was just like a normal. Like, it was one, two, and then he was uh, going for three. Like. And it was the near fall there. And that happened a couple times here. Uh, Raven gets punched right in the dick. Uh, yay. Oh, we dick, knew you would love that. Dick trauma. Uh, there's an X factor for a near. Uh, it was a shitty X factor. It was really bad. And the it was worst so one bad. I've ever seen. It was so bad that the announcers didn't even call it an X factor. They were like, he hits him with a modified bulldog. And uh, like, and I even Tori has never hit an X factor that <laughs> That terrible. was bad. It was terrible. Uh, that was a near fall there. Uh, so again, he's kind of just being a ref. Here. And then, and then X Pac whips raven with a weight belt and it hits him in the face yeah 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 and Ooh. then it was the buckle part too yeah in the face uh so then he like props up a ladder at an angle he um lays um lays pock lays, lays raven on the ladder sorry and then he goes for a bronco buster but he misses crashes right into the ladder another screwy in quotes screwy near fall by zabisco the table gets set up and then a ladder gets set up uh, both men kind of climb the ladder and they're brawling zabisco kind of grabs at raven's foot for a second which is the most dirty thing he did in the match yep uh, raven fights him off and then an x-factor from like three quarters up the ladder through the table uh, zabisco's got to move the table debris out of the way he counts to three uh, even though Raven got his foot on the ropes after two, uh, but it honestly looked like he just didn't see it again. Like they really could have pushed that a little bit farther, I think. Right. Um, 
So six-pack wins, uh, Raven is gone. The match lasts eight minutes. If you were wondering, Raven would come back approximately three months later in April. Uh, so did, did you? Well, the stipulation was that with that was Jim Cornette was hired to be the TNA management because Larry Zabisco was wow. You just hit yourself in the face I did with right that. In the, with the mic. Took um, a bump. Oh boy, Larry Zabisco, since he was screwing talent over, they brought in Jim Cornette who. Brought in, okay, okay. Who's brought Raven back. So at least there was a story. And they had a match, and they had a match too, I believe. Oof. Um. Yeah. So it was eight minutes. I really didn't like this match, like at all. In fact, I kind of hated this match. Um. The only fun spot for me was the X Factor off of the ladder. Everything else mm-hmm. just it felt like a backyard wrestling match. I'd be watching on a VHS tape. It, it was really bad. I gave it one point seven five stars, and the only reason I rated it that high was uh, one for Larry Zbyszko's shirt and two for that X Factor. I actually gave it two and a quarter. I enjoyed it. I thought it was just kind of fun. It wasn't anything like serious, I guess. Um, it was kind of a come down match and kind of a a low point before you get to the Joe and Daniels match. Kind of the to give a crowd the breather, you know, the buffer. Mm. This match was bad. <laughs> No, I, so I gave it I gave it two stars, and I'm honestly thinking I might go a little bit lower, but I'll I'll, I'll stick with two. Um, it felt like at times, like there were certain parts, especially with the shopping cart. Like you guys remember the show Jackass? Like it oh, seriously yeah. no, felt, I've never heard it of felt, it. Shut up! It <laughs> seriously felt like Bam Margera and Johnny Knoxville oh, yeah. trying to wrestle. Yeah, like there was some terrible botches. Yeah, it looked like a backyard um, wrestling. Match. Honestly, honestly. <sighs> You know, I don't want to be uh, judgmental, but Ray, both Raven and X er, and uh, Six Pac might have both been blasted during this match. Like, it's quite possible. I mean, it just looked yeah, it was sloppy. And Zabisco, you're totally right, did not sell which side he was on enough. Because in fact, with some of the like with one of the Six Pac pins, I'm pretty sure he was delayed on the third. Yeah, he, on was. The three yeah he was. Yeah, he was. That was on the X Factor. So it was like it, it didn't make any sense. And another just weird finish. Yep. And then they just like. This they just, was they really, made Raven so, feel so bad. So, after, so what happened after this was really weird. So stupid. Uh, so we cut backstage. Wait, 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 wait. So Zabisco makes him leave, right? Yeah. So he says and security's gonna come out and escort him out. And Raven, Raven walks out, and Don West is like, "Raven, oh. you were screwed." Yeah. And he's like, trying, you got wrong. And he's trying to like pat Raven on the back, and Raven totally doesn't even look at him. No sells it. Just no sells <laughs> everything walks and walks right away. Him, yeah. And I was just cracking it, up I, right in front of the too. camera. So then, yeah. So Raven gets uh, escorted backstage. They're really sad. And then it cuts to an, an interview. Ron Killings is getting interviewed by Shane Douglas. Oh boy. Uh, and he's just like hooping it up and having fun. And like, I love Shane Douglas because he's like bouncing right along with Killings. It was so funny. And then here comes Conan, though, to kind of sober up the mood. Uh, Conan says he would never turn on on uh, on Ron like he like everything else that happened with the Three Life crew. Uh, said that Killings said he's happy. He's free from drama. Everything's good that he's gone solo. And then um, Conan says, hey, if you need any help tonight, like, LAX has your back because you know Team Canada is going to be. They got a lot of people. Turn out to be one, but yeah, <laughs> they right, got a lot right. of people that'll be in their corner tonight. Um, um, and then after that, so it cuts back to the announce table. Now this table. is weird. This is this was so weird. So we cut to the announce table. Mike Tanay completely ignores what just happened with Ron Killings, and he's like, "Man, I can't believe Raven's gone." And then he, <laughs> he puts his hand on his ear, and he's like, "Hold on, 
let's cut to the back. Something's happening in the back. Let's go to the back. So we go to the back. There's Raven. He's making his way. He's in the parking lot at this point. Zabisco's kicking him out. Zabisco's so. like, I don't leave. Bid you adieu. Don't let the door hit you. He's saying a bunch of fun one-liners. Throws his bag at Raven. And then some lady comes up. Miss What's Jackie. Yeah, Jackie, bro. yeah. Jackie, Jackie comes Gata. up. And she was Rico's manager. Oh, okay. And she, I didn't recognize Bosom her. shots. And she was just like, yeah, very much. She was dressed, not dressed for the weather because it looked like it was a chilly night and she was wearing almost nothing. Uh, mm. But that's besides the point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she starts like this conspiracy theory thing where she's like talking to Raven and she's like, you don't know how bad it is. You don't know how bad it is. Uh, no, see, here's how I interpreted it. Okay. Uh, she said, you're not the only one Zabisco's been screwing around here. Oh, so you and took then, it like it's like a then, sexual and thing. Then, and then she also goes on to say, Zabisco, I have a bone to pick with you. Like, it felt to me, okay. and like, I don't know if Kyle interpreted it the same way, but like there were multiple sexual puns, and then they just like Zabisco and her left and went to the went you know back in afterwards, yeah. and so like it seriously just seemed like they were just doing doing it. I See, had I no totally, idea what was going on. I totally it. got like a conspiracy theorist. Like she was like, but yeah, something. Well, and then she was like, yeah, something bigger or no, yeah, it's bigger uh, than you know. No, it's or something. Bi- she like literally that. just says it's bigger than you know. So, oh, like, see, I, see, okay, you okay. get it now. Okay, like I was You're like, what in me the world? It was stupid. I mean, no matter which terrible. way you look at it, this was that was really bad. And then after that, we get to our next match, which is going to be Bobby Roode. Yeah, go ahead before I'm we sorry. do that. Yeah, I, I did want to mention what the Shane Douglas and our uh, Ron Truth Killings. Interview. Oh yeah, uh, Ron Killings, absolutely phenomenal athlete, great wrestler, funny dude. At this point in his career, at least, not the best promo. No. And the reason I say that is this man cannot enunciate to save his life it like was he was mumbling in the mic and Sh- and shane douglas to his credit like you said he was he, he's having a great the, time the whole this whole pay-per-view he was over acting like oh, yeah, in, he, was my, ta- he was like, having the time of his life you mean it raven what, do you really yeah. like just weird I love stuff shane douglas but it was show. hilarious from yeah. the podcast um so up next we do get bobby Roode with uh only scott demore which is very important to note because conan specifically said in that backstage interview that uh, bobby Roode is going to have several people in his corner so mm-hmm. I was expecting all of Team Canada to come out, but nope, it was just Scott Demore uh, versus Ron Killings, who of course came out uh, solo. So before the match starts, there's footage shown of Ron getting two quick roll-ups on Rude, and then Rude getting his win back um, after that, and that was kind of the lead into this match. Both men are kind of vying for supremacy here because this is kind of a rubber match of sorts, but to my count, it was two to one in actual pinfalls, but then uh, I guess the second Rude notch would be that he got beat, he beat up Killings after he got the pinfall i guess so this is kind of a rubber match you could say um so the, let's grab into the match then uh, so killings goes for a roll-up right away and then gets a near fall on that then goes for another then rude goes for a few then they start trading roll-up attempts uh both men try for quick victories here at this point rude tries walking out uh but demore won't let him he says they got to win this match uh it causes just enough of a distraction for truth to dive over the top rope and takes bobby rude out uh rude drives picks up uh, truth drives his back into the ring post uh, and then he gets hung up on the top rope truth does and there's a long abdominal stretch spot a little bit later on uh but the whole thing with this is the only reason i really wrote it down is because uh rude kept reaching back and grabbing the canadian flag that demore was feeding through it was a hockey stick oh it was a hockey stick i thought it was with the flag the, the flag was on oh, okay. it but it was yeah. a hockey yeah, stick yeah so he kept reaching that anything. through and he would grab it and kind of just do some Dirty moves there. Uh, Truth gets a roll-up again for another near fall. There's a top rope knee drop for Bobby Roode for a near fall. And then Truth is in the corner. He skins the cat to get on the top rope. Then it's a really nice-looking missile drop kick to Roode. There's a sling big blade to Roode for a near fall. Uh, Truth avoids a lariat, hits a spin kick onto Roode for another near fall. Truth tries for a superplex, but he gets thrown off the top. And then there's a crossbody to Truth by Roode. And then uh, Truth rolls it over into a near fall of his own. And then here comes Conan. Uh, 
I don't know what he was trying to do, but he just blatantly distracted our truth. They uh, argued. Ron Killings. They were arguing a little bit, which allowed Bobby Roode to hit to the Northern Lariat from behind for the victory. It was a 10-minute match. Um, so this wasn't like anything special. I'll get into the post-match here in a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, this wasn't anything special. It was it was purely a story. This was purely to advance the story. Uh, well, and this of, is probably why you didn't see Conan in the tag team match. Yeah, because right. he was saving himself here. So I guess I'll get into the post-match before I give my rating. Uh, so Conan and Truth are arguing in the ring after the match. Uh, Truth wants nothing to do with Conan. BG James runs out, uh, and he's going to have a beef right now with Conan in the middle of this ring. Homicide comes in, though, and uh, Homicide and Conan gang up on uh, James. Uh, Killings actually leaves at this point. It was weird. He just turns around and walks yeah, away. Yeah, he just turns he around and walks out. off, and then... Kip James comes out with a chair and, and kind of saves the day, and they stand tall. The match itself um, did not need to be on this pay-per-view, I don't think. Nope. nope. I would have loved to have seen this match removed from this pay-per-view, been a blow-off TV match, given more time to another one of the more... To Styles and... Yeah, that or even to uh, Daniels and, and, and Joe, which Agreed. we're going to. Yes. Yes. Um, that being said, I gave it 2.5 because it was not a bad match. It just felt like a good TV match to me. I gave it two and a quarter. Um, there was It was just... a. A TV like a raw main event, impact main event. Yeah. I guess nothing, not bad, not good, just there. Yep. Yeah, it was it was two and a half for me. Um, it, it's there's a couple on here, and even the even the Styles Tanahashi match. Like you take a look at it on paper, and you're like, oh my gosh, like there's tons of potential, yeah. and you're just slightly underwhelmed. Yeah. Um. So yeah, these are two very talented guys. Uh. By the way, fellas, uh, which Bobby Roode do you prefer, long hair, short hair? Short hair. L- long hair. Yeah, I'm. I might be with Kyle on this one. Wow, you're the tiebreaker, huh? The, yeah, right, the, yep. the right. pre-glorious. All right, all right. Um, so I mean, doesn't he have long hair right now? No, he's got short hair. Right oh, now. does he? You're thinking of Chad Gable. Oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot they're partners now. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you know, it, it it was it was what it was. It was exactly. it was a man. Exactly. It was a man match. Uh, not really too much. And a stupid finish again. Yeah. Um. So after this, uh, Shane Douglas is interviewing James Mitchell and Abyss backstage. Uh, Mitchell says that Rhino is no match for Abyss, and then he says that he's too distracted because of his estranged daughter, and that having a child is nothing to be proud of, and he has no sympathy for him, and that's why he's going to lose. Anything else to add about that? He also mentioned that Abyss was a weapon of mass destruction multiple times, and said he was going to push a detonator on him. But, I will, I mean, we're kind of making it seem like it's a meh thing. James Mitchell? Oh, he's a man. Phenomenal. He's one of the best managers of all time. Phenomenal promo. Underrated. An absolutely amazing promo. It was basically like He's like he's like the intense version of Paul Bear. You oh, know? for sure, I can see it. So Definitely. no, very, he's he's sinister all the way. And then we do get a video package after that. Um, this is kind of just highlighting uh, that Scott Demore had made a deal with James Mitchell and Abyss so that Rhino he basically had protection from Rhino. Um, I didn't care for this video package for one reason and one reason only: the music did not fit with like the the atmosphere of the package, and the music was way too loud because they had yes. a lot of talking going on over yeah. it and I couldn't understand what anybody was really saying and it was just like the standard like new metal like chuggy new metal track and it was like it did not fit the atmosphere of the, of the video package at all um, and then after that we do get to Rhino versus Abyss apparently this is a notice qualification match they never said it but there were weapons uh, all, I, all over the place can I just mention a fun fact I look up James Mitchell right quick yeah absolutely um, he in his spare time when he was working with TNA he sang Frank Sinatra covers on the side like 10 times a week. <laughs> That's hilarious. So try to imagine James Mitchell in full guard That's hilarious. singing Frank Sinatra songs. I love that. All right, go ahead. Um, so one thing I noticed as Rhino makes his entrance, man, he is 
O-V-E-R with this mm-hmm. crowd. Yes, he, he, he was is. one of the more over people on this entire show. The man beast. The crowd loved Rhino here. Uh, so they brawl outside the ring to start the match. Rhino clotheslines Abyss over the top rope. Very nice athletic looking spot there. And then Rhino hits a slingshot plancha over the top rope to Abyss on the outside. Another very athletic looking the, spot by Rhino. Well, the scariest and stiffest plancha I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Like he, he 300 looked, pounds it of was Rhino. Literally, yeah, it, was, it was rough. <laughs> yeah. it, gravity took him and he just dropped. Oh, yeah. Um, and then Abyss grabs two chairs from underneath the ring, and then he cracks one over Rhino's back. Rhino and then set, grabs the chairs and throws them into the ring. There's a leg drop to Abyss for a near fall by Rhino in the ring. Rhino gets sent hard into the corner, takes a big old boy bump there. Abyss wedges a chair into the turnbuckle uh, on one of the six sides of the ring and then tries to send Rhino in it. Rhino avoids it, but then instantly gets sent in it again hard. He craned, careened into that chair in the corner. So I don't know if this has happened yet, um, but it's at one point Rhino, like you said, wax abyss with the chair, but he hits him with like the top part of the chair and it makes like a head shaped indent. Yeah. Yeah. In the top that was part. when he was hitting him outside, I believe. Oh, uh, dude. And then there was some, just some big man offense uh, onto Rhino by Abyss here. And there's a big boot for an Abyss near fall. And then a fireman's carry neckbreaker out of nowhere by Rhino. Uh, mm-hmm. That was really nice. Mm-hmm. And then there's a corner spear to Abyss followed Whoa. by some chair shots. Go also, ahead. that's called the TKO. Oh, okay. I, I knew it was called something like that, but I Mark couldn't Marrow's remember. Mark finisher. Okay, cool. Bleh. Um, hey, be nice. Okay. Uh, then Rhino sets up for the gore, but he gets distracted because Mitchell gets on the apron. And then Abyss just kills him with a chain here for a near fall. Then there's a Rhino spinebuster for a near fall into Abyss. Uh, Rhino cl- wants the Rhino driver from the middle rope onto chairs, but Mitchell distracts again. And then Abyss hits a choke slam, which gets countered. Or uh, a choke. Yeah, sorry. Abyss goes for a choke slam. Rhino counters it, but then Abyss counters it back into the black hole slam. And Abyss picks up the pinfall victory at nine and a onto half. Onto the chairs, by minutes. the way. Onto the chairs. That's good. That's good to bring up. Onto uh, nine and a half minutes. Abyss wins the match. Right winner. I thought this was a really solid, fun little match. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I uh, would have liked to have seen it gone a little bit longer. It's a very kind of common thread for these yep. good matches. Uh, it wasn't quite long enough. Uh, I still gave it three stars because I did enjoy it thoroughly. I thought it was three stars. I thought it was a fun brawl. Um, mm-hmm. Rhino was really good in TNA. And Abyss has always been great. So I, I love this match. It was, it was very good. Very good. Awesome. Uh, three and a quarter. Uh, I think these two have really good chemistry. Yeah. They, paired, they paired together really well. And, you know, this is just, it was quick, violent. I would like to see, I don't know if I wanted to see more sp- or, uh, more time necessarily as much as I want to see more spots. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I wish the Rhino Driver would have hit. Oh, yeah. The Rhino Driver is sweet. He hit yeah. it on the last TNA show we watched. Yes, mm-hmm. but I wanted to see it hit again, okay? I did too. Especially on Abyss, Big Boy Abyss. Mm-hmm. Uh, you made a little uh, sound earlier, Kyle, and I kind of want to ask, what's your problem with Mark Marrow? He's not very good. Yep, he's not very good, and he, he's an asshole. Why do you say that? Because he shits on the wrestling business. Does he shit on the wrestling business or the lifestyle? Because like he's a motivational speaker now, and he, he he blames the wrestling business for like losing all of his shit, losing, I don't know everything in his life. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I've heard some of his motivational. He was just, stuff. he was just it's, on Nancy Grace one time arguing with Kevin Nash and. Like, oh, here we yikes. go. Just being a douche. Oh, here no, we go. Oh, no. All right. So they were okay. just trying to outdouche each other on Nancy Grace? Yeah. yeah. Well, the three of them were trying well, to outdouche oh, each other. Oh, I can imagine that was a... <laughs> he was blaming WWE for Chris Benoit murdering his family. Oof. And Kevin Nash was basically saying it's not WWE's fault. Because, I mean, it's not WWE's fault. No, not necessarily. No. Not at all. I think that there was just a lifestyle back then that was promoted. and. Well, I think just a lot of... Well, 
Yeah, with, with Benoit, like they just didn't know a lot of what the actual or nobody, mental repercussions nobody knew what were. CTE was back exactly. then. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so you can't game. you can't place well, that the blame. Was, that's that like was blaming company. the NFL for Aaron Hernandez. Yeah. That was the big gimmick, right? Though when when the Benoit thing happened was steroids, steroids, steroids. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, that's nobody true. thought about their drug heads. use. Exactly. Steroids. Exactly. And he just, he just he just looked like a ding dong on TV. Yeah. Just yeah. Fair well, that's not the first time he's done that. Fair enough. Oh, and he was a shitty wrestler. Yeah, that's at true. Times. Uh, at, at times. At times. I, if he, if he was not invested. I just will say, Mark, sure. I really enjoy some of your motivational stuff. Friend of the podcast, Mark Merrill. Uh, I don't know if Kyle agrees with <laughs> after that. We absolutely not, no. Um, so after that, we get a video package. <laughs> oh, can I make oh, one more point? Yeah, absolutely. Do you remember how Mark Merrill wasn't man enough to keep Sable and Brock Lesnar took her? Hey, yeah. Oh, yeah? Are you gonna Are you going to be man enough to keep Sable when Brock Lesnar's threatening you? I never had Sable, so. Okay. <laughs> I don't think there's a man alive. Cain Velasquez would disagree. <laughs> uh, so after that match ended, we got a video package hyping up America. Well, he knocked Brock Lesnar out in two minutes, so gentlemen, not wrong. gentlemen, gentlemen, fight me. Let's you know what? Let's let's fight and see who knocks who out in t- two minutes. You uh, guys could both knock. I'll me out I'll pick in two Eric Ackerson. You pick Alex Ackerson. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, can we get on now? Can we, are we done with that? Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. we're okay. done talking about shit bag. <laughs> so after that there's a video package hyping up America's Most Wanted versus Team 3D and the whole story going into this is that uh, Team 3D really really wants to get those NWA tag team belts because they feel like it's that last tag team brass ring that they need to reach for because they say they've had the WCW belts well, the they, they, belts the announcers played it off that they were in WCW and they were never in WCW no they won the WCW belts when they were right but, but they're the like WWE. they said that they went through WCW and I was oh, like right. oh and, I was like, uh, no. and then uh, obviously there's kind of the whole sub plot of the fact that uh, America's Most Wanted has been terrorizing the uh, Team 3D for the better part of a year now. And all of TNA. Yeah. Um, that was actually really their thing. Yeah. Uh, and so that's the story going to the match. This is, of course, for the titles. Um, America's Most Wanted is uh, are accompanied to the ring uh, by Gail Kim. And I will say um, Devon here tries his best. I don't know if uh, Miss Jackie and uh, Tracy or whoever that was earlier. I don't know if he was a little jealous and secure, but he was trying to show off some bosom shots too. Like he was trying to show his tits as much as humanly dude, possible. Well, I mean, to his credit, he looked great. Oh, in this dude, match. he was stacks on stacks on uh, stacks. And so Devon and Storm begin the match, which just leads into perfectly to where it went because Devon was on fire in the beginning of this mm-hmm. match. He was moving so quick. I don't know if I've ever seen the quickness from him like it's that. It's kind of weird. Like, towards this part of their career and, and beyond, it's like one or the other was out of shape. <laughs> oh, yeah, for like, sure. Bubba and it's here was definitely it's out of shape. brother Ray here. Uh, so Devon and... Um, and James Storm start the match, and a little bit of a Matt race, Matt-based wrestling exchange to start. Devon hits a nice drop kick into a scoop slam. He misses a standing elbow, and then Storm misses one of his own. Then both men face off. A cool little sequence there. There's a Harris cheap shot on Devon to give the advantage to Harris. Uh, Harris eventually does get, or to Storm, I mean. Harris does get tagged in here. And there's a Devon double clothesline. He clotheslines both of AMW. And then Brother Ray gets tagged in. They trade chops in the corner. Uh, Ray misses a middle rope senton, and then Storm gets tagged in. And then Storm chokes out uh, Brother Ray with his wrist tape. He, like, undoes his wrist tape and chokes him out with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harris would try something similar a little bit later on. And then Devon gets tagged back in. There's a neckbreaker for a Team 3D near fall. A Devon spinebuster for a near fall. And then Ray and Devon uh, do the classic dickhead butt spot, the was up thing. Was up? Uh, onto, I believe it was Harris. Uh, then they grab a table. They set it up outside the ring. Uh, but before that, so there's this cool little spot where they have it kind of, like, set up, like, flat, like, 
vertically on, on the ring. Each man are holding one side of it. And you can see that Harris is going to go for a basement dropkick into, into the Team 3D, but they very smartly lift the table and just cause Harris to crash out of the <laughs> ring. And then they try it again, except they, or no, Storm, and then Storm does it. They don't see him coming, though, and they do get the dropkick. Kind of a cool little spot there. Uh, so Storm ends up taking them out. And then Storm gets tagged in here. He works over Devon. Uh, all the while, the table's still set up on the outside here. And then Harris comes in. Devon avoids a double-team maneuver. And then uh, he sends Saris shoulder-first into the post. Uh, um, and then Brother Ray gets tagged back in, takes out both members of America's Most Wanted. There's a sidewalk slam to Harris for a near fall. And then a DDT to Harris for a near fall. And then all four men are brawling for a while. And there's a spinebuster close-on combo by America's Most Wanted. Nice double-team move. Uh, onto Brother Ray for a near fall. And then a double suplex to Devon. And then America's Most Wanted go for the death sentence, but Devon breaks it up at the last second. And then uh, kind of shades of Legion of Doom because we get an electric chair clothesline, top rope clothesline by Team uh, 3D for Dudley a near fall. The Dudley device. The Dudley device. I didn't realize it had a name. Yeah, well, Doomsday Device, but they 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 oh, did it a few yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. They did it a few times, and they called it Dudley. Device. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, um, and it was a fun spot, and that was a near fall. And there's a Harris big boot to Brother Ray for a near fall, and then James Storm grabs a chair that's outside the ring, and then uh, Harris is like, "Bring that chair in here, bring that in here." And then, for some reason, for some reason, uh, Harris like goes to pull on on uh, on James Storm's hair to like get his attention, uh, but then. Storm thinks that it's one of the Team 3D guys. This, yeah, this sucks. So he why, why are you pulling your friend's hair to get his yeah, attention? It was I don't so understand. stupid. And so rightfully so. This is when this match starts to go. It really sucks off to come the off the rails here. Yeah. Um so uh so then of course uh Storm hits Harris with with the chair because he thinks it's one of Team 3D, which does ca- cause Team 3D to get a near fall. Well, and like he he, you know, he throws it behind him. Yeah. Right? But at the same time uh, Storm to make sure he's hitting it correctly, hitting the chair correctly on uh, Harris's head. Yeah, he looks. Yeah, he looks to his side <laughs> to see through peripherals, and it's yeah. like you can. Cl- That's a good point. God. I just, I just don't understand why you're gonna go grab your partner by the hair while yeah, he's I was holding like, a chair. <laughs> yeah, from uh, behind what do you too. Think's gonna happen. Gross. Uh, and then there's a uh, James Storm super kick to Devon, and then Storm gets pushed off the top rope. He goes for top rope maneuver, gets pushed off through the table outside. Uh, this causes a bit of a distraction. Brother Ray manages to get a roll up near fall on Harris. Gail Kim gets involved. Uh, he, Right in front of the ref, by the way, puts all this powder in Harris's hand. And what do you think happens? Brother Ray comes up, smacks it up, blinds Kim, blinds Harris, and importantly... Blinds the ref. Blinds the, blinds the referee. Um, there's a 3D to Harris here. And then Team 3D get the pinfall because uh, Devon drags the ref over. They get the pinfall. Uh, they get handed the belts and everything. The crowd's going crazy. Uh, the bell rings. And everyone thinks this match is over. Team 3D is celebrating. Yeah, Team 3D is yeah. celebrating. And then Team Canada comes out, uh, specifically Eric Young. I believe it's is it Bobby Roode who accompanies them at this time? And Petey Williams is out there. And Petey Williams is there as well. Uh, they beat up uh, uh, Brother Ray. And then they pull Harris over Brother Ray. This is really hard to explain. And then the ref can see again. And he thinks that he had counted the pinfall for, for America's Most Wanted. And they... Uh, win the match at 12 and a half minutes. Uh, this was a very good match that just absolutely fell off the rails at the end. Uh, everything else, terrible. Everything else up to that chair shot was great. The fir- uh, it was it was a tail of two, like a two, it was a tail of two Yeah, it was a tale of two matches really. The yeah, I mean you give it what you think, and I'll tell you what uh, I think. So but. I give it three stars just because I it. it I thought it was super good until that la- that those last few minutes it just fell apart. So for the first half. I'll give it a straight four. Okay. Wow. For the second half, 
I'll give it a half. Oh wow! Okay. So mm-hmm. my my total match rating is going to be somewhere in the two and a quarter to two and a okay. half range okay. because it was really really fun. And then the chair the chair thing and the the it was insane. It was just getting just stupid. It was like I it, think I looked at Luke and said I feel like this is Russo booking this. I was just about oh, to say yeah. it felt like two thousand WCW to me. And then it felt it felt Disgusting. like it felt like those two thousand eight TNA shows where Russo was booking them. Yeah, like it was just it was just fucking bad. Um, I actually, so there were times, even when you guys said this match was really good, uh, there were times where it felt clumsy to me. Uh, Bubba is wearing a t-shirt and like, there's literally moments where he's like, (gasps) like he is gassed. Um, I don't know. There was just certain times where it seemed sloppy, but then yeah, that finish and everything just ruined it for me. So yeah, it was two stars for me, especially since. They, I mean, this was supposed to be the Dudley's landmark achievement, right? I and, know. And the crowd celebrated. Dudley celebrated like they had just done it. Yeah. And so they kind of cried wolf on this one. Team yeah. 3D, ended up, they won the titles eventually, Oh, multiple right? times, okay. yeah. They yeah. won the NWA, the TNA, the WWE, WCW, and ECW, and I right think on. the IWGP. Oh, really? I believe awesome. so. Awesome. Um, All right. So, fellas. Yeah? I have to pee. All right. Go for it. Okay. Uh, we'll keep talking here. Yeah. You, you just, just keep on chugging. Okay. I, I do have to make one comment, though, before I go pee. Go. Uh, so Keep after going. that, uh, uh, Jeff Jarrett and Monty Brown are interviewed backstage. Uh, Jeff Jarrett rambles about Sting and Christian both wanting the title and not being able to trust each other. And then Monty Brown just does some crazy shit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it was. Cra- I never said I, it wasn't crazy. I just said it was funny. It was hilarious. It was awesome. <laughs> so he pulls a... He's like talking to... who Was he talking to Sting? Yeah. Wait, Sting. He was like, tick tock, tick tock. Tick. Yeah, he was making like, like he did the sounds. alarm sound. He was crazy. It was also, awesome. I loved it. He also did an Elmer Fudd reference and said, "Be very, yeah. very careful." Uh, and I just right, loved it. So like, it was totally a tale of two promos because Jarrett was boring. He was just rambling. I didn't know what he was talking about. They both want the titles, and can they really trust each other? I don't think they can because I got the title, and they want the title. And then I just loved it once he handed it to Monty Brown. Oh, just, Monty went off the rails. He was just crazy. But. but the dude oozes with charisma. Oh, I know. I love it. I I was laughing. I was laughing. Luke Luke hated it, but I thought it was great. I thought it was hilarious. I yeah. hated the Jarrett for some reason. Jarrett's not a bad promo. No, he's just boring. But he has a tendency to ramble yeah. about just random shit. Like he did, he's done this in every TNA. The, the show difference watched. between Monty and Jeff is Monty like he's he makes it. it fun. Yeah, he changes his voice around. Jarrett yeah. just the same monotone. Um, and then after that, we get a video package that's hyping the uh, Christopher Daniels versus Samoa Joe angle. It kind of recaps everything we've seen. Uh, man, Samoa Joe, at this stage in his career, was booked so tremendously undefeated. well by TNA. Uh, he's on a very long undefeated streak. He's got the X Division title. And the whole thing is he's he's got the, his towel that he carries out. And he's even photographed and, and was video of him actually wearing Daniels' bloody stained towel. Yep. I loved that. Just the way Joe was booked, and even the way he's booked now, like, man, he just... I loved this. I loved this video package. Joe's great. I loved Daniels Joe's character here. Um, he hadn't quite, like, he was good, and the clips that you heard him speak, he was good. He's gotten so much better Oh, yeah. Now. He, he can own a mic now. Yeah. He was good then, though. I mean, this whole, this, this made me hyped up for this match. He, has there, was there anybody in that first, like, few years who was booked better than Samoa Joe and TNA? No, absolutely he not. He was booked so well. And the crowd is going nuts for both these guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, and hey, Luke, we're back. We're just getting into the. Damn, uh, that was great. We're just getting into the Christopher Daniels versus Samoa Joe match. I, I heard you uh, talking about how well Joe is booked. Yeah, like historically. Yeah, like they historically well. Yeah, yeah well, so not like, historically. 
Because it went off the rails in TNA for a while where he was like yeah. stabbing up to the, up people to and being okay, yes. and But one thing they've always kept consistent is like his savagery. Yeah. I, and I was telling like he'll, Kyle. Like he'll stoop to any low. I was telling Kyle I loved the image of him wearing the bloodstained uh, Christopher Daniels towel. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. absolutely loved that. And that I just, forgot about that, but yeah. yeah. And so that's the whole story. So he's gonna make he's gonna he's gonna smear a fr- he's got a fresh towel and he wants to smear it with uh Daniel's blood. And, and it's kind of um it's kind of funny. I mean he was booked so well that you can take him seriously when he has Jason Mayhem Miller hair. Oh my gosh. And he's got like he's got like the brass or like the metal ball necklace on. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, let's get into it. Oh hey, Slick Johnson again. This Slick is when we. Then it was officially confirmed that either Christopher Daniels that is a both magician, Batman and Bruce Wayne are yes, in the same room, or or they're twins. I I think they might be twin brothers. Again, I'm a Slick the, Johnson I guy. I think the Fallen Angel is just you know that magical. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's forearm strikes to Joe by Daniels right off the bat. Then he gets some in the corner. Uh, Daniels is coming out really hot here, working really quick. Uh, a sense of urgency. He wants to get Joe on the ground, and he does so with a Hurricane Rana, and then another really nice Hurricane Rana there to Joe. Uh, Joe then just starts kicking the hell out of Daniels, just big kicks and then big chops, chops the hell out of him in the corner. Uh, there's a Christopher Daniels roll-up then for a near fall. Uh, Joe goes from the roll-up straight into a nice arm bar and then into another one of those kind of horizontal surfboard maneuvers. Uh, really good sequence there. Joe avoids a middle rope springboard moonsault and then very arrogantly, I love the way he did this. He just walks away. He telegraphed it from a mile away and then just very slowly walks away and just mugs at the crowd. I loved that. Um... And there's a knee drop to Daniels for a near fall, and then a snap power slam for Joe for a near fall, and then a Daniels hits a code breaker before it was called the code breaker. Um, no, no, Don wait. West called it the code breaker. Oh, did he? That's did he? the weird I thing. It. I missed it. Like, uh, was Jericho even doing the code breaker? I thought time? he called. No. I thought he called it a jawbreaker. No, oh, maybe he did. I think he called it a jawbreaker. Maybe, maybe we didn't hear it right. Um, and then probably not. And then there's a split legged moonsault uh, for Christopher Daniels near fall. And then there's a Death Valley driver to Joe for a near fall that Daniels kind of hits out of nowhere. And then there's a pop up power bomb to Daniels. He was going for another Hurricane Rana. Ended up being just a brutal looking pop up power bomb uh, for, a Dan- uh, for a near fall there. Or it was by Daniels, sorry. And then Daniels snaps and then he just gets, starts hitting uh, mat strikes onto Joe. He sits over him and just starts hitting Joe. And then Joe counters it beautifully into a triangle. Uh, mm-hmm. it, was, it was awesome. Daniels manages to escape, and th- but not before. Uh, he tra- uh, Joe transitioned that triangle into an STF. Uh, again, just these submission uh, transitions were so good by Samoa Joe throughout the, the Samoan match. submission machine. Yeah, yeah, that's the reason he was called that. Uh, Daniels tries for a power bomb and gets countered into a Joe Hurricane Rana for a near fall. It was off the top rope. Uh, he was going to go for a top rope power bomb, and then Joe with a beautiful looking uh, Hurricane Rana for a near fall, and then Daniels gets an, a Uranagi and then hits the best moonsault ever for a near fall. So the finish, right? The uh, finishing move for Daniels yields a near fall for Joe, uh, and then Joe rolls out of the ring to catch his breath, and then a beautiful. I don't. I don't know if you guys like this spot as much as I did, but an absolute beautiful slingshot elbow to uh, Joe by Daniels on the outside. That was good. It mm-hmm. was beautiful. They replayed it in slow motion, and just the way he controlled his body in the air, I thought was magnificent. That was one of my favorite spots of this match. Elegance. Yes, that's exactly. Uh, so Joe grabs a chair, and then he puts it back, and then he seats Daniel on the chair. And then he hits this brutal running kick, kind of like a haluva kick, but Daniels was seated and his head smashed right into the guardrail and but Daniels is busted open at the this camera point. work on that was bad because it showed Dan or Joe just kicking the guardrail. Oh, did it? I missed yeah, that. Yeah, me and Slick yeah. were talking about yeah, it. It was bad. Um, they made up for it with, I thought, some really nice camera work a little bit later on. Um, and then, uh, so 
yeah, so Daniels is busted open now. And then AJ kind of comes out to the ring to kind of show support for Christopher Daniels here because they've both been brutalized and screwed over by Joe. Uh, Joe misses an enziguri, and then Daniels tries for the Angels' wings, but he can't lift up. Uh, he can't lift Joe up. They sell it because of his concussions, which I thought was kind of weird, but okay. Well, because of that guardrail spot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Andy had had concussions previously by Joe. Uh, so that right. was kind of the, the reasoning there. Then then he does hit the enziguri, that being Samoa Joe. Uh, there's a running knee in the corner to Daniels and then a muscle buster to Daniels. Joe sinks a coquina clutch, but uh, Daniels manages to get to the rope. And then Joe tosses a tear, chair into the ring, muscle busts uh, Daniels again, right under the chair. The, the crowd chants one more time at this point, because of course they do. Uh, and there's some punt style kicks to Daniels and then just some super stiff knees to oh, uh, to Daniel's head. I mean, just and AJ, over and AJ's yelling stop. So this is when the, I thought the camera work here towards the end of this match was fantastic. Yes, because yes. you can see in the right side of the screen, you can see Joe just destroying Daniel's head, and then just in the background, you can see AJ. He's got the towel and he's thinking about throwing it in. He's thinking about throwing it in. Eventually, and his facial expressions were great. And he's, and he's yeah. yelling, "Joe, stop!" Yeah. yeah. Uh, and eventually he does throw in the towel to forfeit the match at 15 and a half minutes. Uh, Joe gets the win. This was a phenomenal match. A classic. I have one thing though. Uh oh. It didn't rank as highly for me as it could have because I want for the story that they were telling, which was a great story, and I have no gripes about it. I would have liked to have seen it go 15, 20, 25 more minutes than it did. It went 15 and a half. I would have loved to have seen it 30, 45 minutes to really sell that exhaustion factor yes. and that that brutalizing factor. Yes. You could have easily cut the uh, the uh, R Truth and Bobby Roode match and given this that extra time, and it would yep. have been a four and a half star match for me. I still am going to give it 3.75 because I thought it was fantastic. Really, I would have liked to have seen it get an extra few minutes. Uh, but even what we got, I thought was beautifully done. Oh, You're right. You could have you could have cut the our uh, truth match and the James Gang match and put sure. all that time into this. And because just, it, was, it would have been a five star classic, was masterful. But I still gave it four and a quarter. I thought it was great. I loved the ending with the knees and AJ throwing in. And then after this, AJ and Daniels would end up being a tag team and winning the tag okay. team belts in awesome. the next few months. But but um, yeah, I really liked it. Oh my god, this match was good. It oh was. yes. This like, is match of the night for yeah, me. Yeah. Oh, easily, man. Yeah, so I get, true. Close. You know what? You know what? I'm gonna like, bump it up to four stars. Yeah. You guys can you can't, me. dude. This you is a four star. This is a four star. You can't give it anything less than yeah. four. This is a four star match. Even though I would have liked to have seen it gone longer, everything, so, everything yeah. was perfectly executed. Yes, it was cover to cover, beautiful. Yeah. Like you said, you had Christopher Daniels showing off his skill set and his elegance yeah. in the air, what he's able to do, especially on the on the mat as well. Yeah. He's very underrated technically. Yeah. Um, and then Joe, man. God, he lives, eats, and breathes that character. He's the best. That could he ever play? I mean, I feel like he's played a face maybe once, but yeah. could he ever be a convincing face? Is uh, he one of those? Not a, he couldn't be a white meat baby face, but he could definitely be like an Austin think, Shades of Grey type. You you think that Samoa Joe could ever be a, a true baby face? Like a and, white and meat, pull it off. No, I, well, I he kind of did in TNA for a while. Like the crowd fucking just loved him when Wasn't he was a it face. Wasn't more of like the anti-hero thing? Like, uh, Zach no, was yeah. About? I mean, kind of, but he was like saving all the good guys from getting beat up when he was with the TNA frontline. Oh, right, right. And then I think he ended up turning on him, going to the mafia later or whatever. But it, I, th- you could t- turn Joe into a face, and the crowd would eat it up. Just, oh yeah, but just like, but he should never do that. Correct. Oh, totally. Okay, thank you. Um, th- this match, man, especially the ending, Joe. Both of these guys, this was strong style, man. Oh, yeah. Like, both of these guys stiff shots were hitting match. the crap out of each other. And that, while I was watching that ending, you know, where Styles is deliberating, throwing the towel, it was totally Rocky. Yeah, Like, yeah, that was for straight sure. out of Rocky. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, anyway, it's it's fantastic. These guys are phenomenal. I do have to say, 
Um, what is up? So Christopher Daniels gets color a lot. Oh yeah. Have you got have Kyle? You've watched a lot of Christopher Daniels. Yeah, I guess that he makes ble- sense. Yeah. He bleeds a lot. Yeah. yeah. What is why why do bald dudes? Blade a lot, like because you can see the blood uh, throughout their entire head better than you can somebody with like long hair. But Rick Flair, yeah. Rick Flair is an exception there because he has white hair, which is why you'd see okay. him get color get a lot. Stain him. Um, well, yeah. yeah, and that's why the guys like Hulk Hogan would always bleed. Yeah, because that that big shiny top of their head, you could. Yeah, really right, but Hulk see didn't it. bleed until his second WWE run, right? Like we never I mean, saw. Yeah, him. That's yeah, that's, that's true, true. But he bladed. But once a lot. he started, he, yeah, he, he was really going got gross. going. Um, and that's why like and you see guys like Austin bleed a lot. I think it's just yeah, because you can see it better when their whole head. Is Same with Kane when he had the mask on. But yeah, Christopher Daniels. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Christopher Daniels is the color always looks great on him. Did you give this I match a star that. rating? Let you? Yeah, I said yeah. four. Oh, perfect. It's, yeah, fantastic. All right. Uh, so after that match is over, uh, we get a video package hyping up the main event, which is going to be Monty Brown and Jeff Jarrett versus Christian Cage and Sting. the returning Sting. Sting. Um, this video package was okay, but the heels <laughs> kind of just reiterated everything they said. In their backstage interview earlier, uh, but whatever. And then Christian was just like, "Oh yeah, I'm Christian." Yeah, so Christian's interviewed backstage, and he's uh, he's like, "You can trust me. Ask I, ask any of my old partners." And then he stops, and he's like, "Well, maybe not." And then uh, he goes, "Ask all my fans," and then they all cheer. And then he said, "I'm the Christian Coalition." Yeah, the Christian Coalition so, is what he calls them. And I'm gonna win tonight with my friend Sting, who has face paint. Wait, so you didn't you didn't like that promo? Or it was fine. I liked it. Yeah, I didn't find anything. I wrong. honestly, what, what would I not like about it? What well, you were just like, I'm I'm Christian Cage, and like I don't know. It was you just, just made imp- it seem like it was kiddish. It was his uh, Christian impression. But no, I I I I don't know. Maybe I was just reading too. It much wasn't into the it, best Christian promo think, of all time. I think but it was Christian, fine. but but still, he never he never communicated like that. You know, in any sort of with the edge in Christian, anything like that. Like, obviously, he had his funny spots, but here, yeah. here, you can tell he feels like the man. Yeah. Well, it's because he's actually getting pushed. In WWE, he just toiled away. Right. He won like six matches in one year when he was a single star in WWE. Yeah. And now he's like yeah. on undefeated, undefeated streak, yeah. and he's like exactly. the number one contender. So, I mean, Chris, Christian's one of my top ten favorites of all time. Throughout this, throughout really? that promo, yeah. throughout the, uh, I like Christian better than Edge. Really? Wow. Nothing against Edge. I just like Christian better. I feel like you just like to go against the grain. Love, love Matt Hardy over Jeff. Love Christian over Edge. I think the three of us kind of agree on that, Matt Hardy. We do kind of, yeah. We yeah, do yeah, you both that. agree with me. Um, but no, yeah. I feel like if you want, if you forgot what Christian's solo potential was, like just watch his teenage. Oh, Rush. for sure. Oh, my gosh. For sure. At least, at least early on. Yeah, it was, it was yeah, fantastic. So and when he went fun. back to WWE and had the runs against like Randy Orton. Yes, that Super was great. Fun. The ECW champion thing. Yeah. Well, not. I was thinking more the after that title. when he when he won the world title. Oh, yeah. right, right, right. He won it two or three times. His reigns were never very long, but it was. He had some was, good matches versus Alberto. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. so obviously everybody comes in first except Sting, who's going to be the last man in. Who gets popped? And the ceiling almost blows off Which, his place when Sting comes out. I should mention, uh, Jeff Jarrett still still love the My World. <laughs> It sounds like Blind by Corn for me. Every time I hear those like that oh, yeah, first true. like intro. But then you um, hear the <laughs> Yeah. Uh so um Jared is accompanied again once again by Gail Kim. Uh, just kind of furthering that whole like every heel in this card with the exception of maybe Abyss. Like even Abyss cuz he had the Scott yeah. Moore thing. They're all kind of connected. Do you remember Abyss helped bury the Dudley boys? At the Bound for Glory show, yeah, we that's right. So all the heels are connected, I, um, which is interesting, I guess. Uh, just a quick side note before we were getting really into the main event. Yeah, I talked to Kyle about this, and he—I don't know if he agreed with me as much, but there was no knockouts division here, right? So seeing Gail Kim in a managerial role, like, k- kind of kills me. 
It, she was, it doesn't kill me because she quit WWE because she did not want to be there. Like she came here to start that knockouts division, so you have you you have well, to start somewhere. I think the, it was her betting on herself in a big yes, big, big way. way, and it, obviously it paid off because now the knockouts division, even today, in impact. And is, she's still working with Tina yeah. backstage, and yeah. she's going to be refing at Homecoming on That's the sixth. Right. That's right. I, I love it. I mean, yes, obviously she's done so much, and she's an incredible. It just it just pained me to see her not in action. Not in the wrestling ring itself. Like she's way better than a valet. Not to put any yeah. hate on valet, I but she was great in this role. So yeah, she she did yeah. a fine job. Yeah, I, I know right. I understand where you're coming from, but I think in hindsight, she did eventually get her oh, of course dues paid and and and, and, and this transition to her getting involved in matches where more women were brought in to wrestle her because AJ and Daniels would bring in a woman to team up with them. I forget who it was to face Gail Kim and America's Most Wanted yeah. to get her yeah. active. ODB greatest knockout of all time. Should we get into this match? Greg, <laughs> Greg you want to you want to spot on our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Christian and Monty Brown start the match off. There's a roll up for a uh, near fall to Brown by Christian, and then Jarrett gets tagged in, and then Christian mocks Jarrett's strut, and then Christian goes for a tag, but Jarrett pulls him away, and he tries once more and does get the tag. Crowd goes wild. Sting comes in. Uh, Sting tries to do the so Sting does the Sting how. And then Jarrett tries to do it, and everyone boos him. And there's a guy in the front row who just is dead by this. He is laughing so hard. He's like kneeled over the guardrail. He's laughing I didn't so see hard. that. I love. It was either. so funny. Uh, I mean, it was a funny spot too. Like, gotta give Jarrett credit. Like, the comedic timing was perfect on it, and the crowd's reaction was great. But this guy in the front row, like, go back and watch it because it's hilarious. He's dead. Uh, so then uh, there's you still got a chance after a nice drop kick to Jarrett and Jarrett rolls outside and then there's a Sting uh, bulldog onto Jarrett and then Monty Brown gets involved and then Sting bulldogs him and then Christian comes in. There's a splash to Jarrett and then Jarrett punches Christian uh, right in the dick while Kim is distracting the ref and then Gail Kim, her can run out to Christian outside the ring and then Jarrett gets his strut in and then tags in Monty Brown and Monty hits an exploder suplex onto Christian for a near fall. Jeff Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett comes back in and um, Christian gets a tag to Sting, but the ref misses it, uh, so Sting has to go back out. Uh, Christian gets double teamed and then hung up on the rope, uh, like on like a suplex onto that top rope, hangs him up on that for a Monty Brown near fall. There's a snap snoop snooplex, a snap snooplex <laughs> for another Brown near fall, and then uh, Christian bites Monty Brown up on the top rope, uh, causes Brown to fall off because they're kind of brawling up there, and then he hits a frog splash, but he quick, can't get the cover right away. Quick note on that, yeah, Christian started using the frog splash as a tribute to Eddie Guerrero, Eddie Guerrero? and Tina. Oh, really? yep. Oh, that's really good. I love that. That's good to know. It was a good-looking frog splash, too. Yeah, he does really good. Uh, solid. Yeah. Um, and then, so he can't get the cover right away because he's selling the effects of the frog splash. He does get a near fall after a delayed pinfall there. Christian reaches for the tag, but he can't quite get there. Jarrett pulls Sting off the apron, and then uh, Brown and Jarrett try for the uh, concerto, but they, which is an awesome spot, by the way. Yes. Call back to Christian's, obviously, tag team days. Um, Christian had a tag team? Yeah. Oh, Christian and Tomko, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, so Christian avoids it, and both men kind of ricochet the chair into each other, and then Christian hits a double DDT. You okay? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then Christian crawls towards Sting. He does get the tag. Plex goes wild again. There's a Stinger splash to Jarrett, and then Brown takes out the ref, and then he gets sent out of the ring. Uh, there's a Scorpion deathlock to Jarrett. He gets to the ropes. There's no ref to stop it, so he pulls him back in the middle of the ring, and then he's tapping and tapping and tapping. The ref's out, so he can't see it. Uh, again, I thought this match kind of started to fall apart a little bit here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so there's a Scorpion. Um, oh, sorry. I already got there. Uh, so there's a Brown follow a slam to Sting. Uh, 
or no, not to Sting, to uh, Christian, and he does like a back fall away slam, knocks him into Sting, which breaks the hold, uh, and then Sting and Christian start to argue, and then Monty Brown tries, or Brown tries to hit uh, Sting with the title, and then Christian just bulldogs Sting to avoid the title shot. No, no, he like threw him on the ground. To I mean, it was avoid. like a bulldog, though. Like, but he, he was trying to protect him. I know, what, what... but he threw him with authority on the ground. Yeah. Like, it was a maneuver. <laughs> he did. He didn't just like push him out of right, the way. Right, but, but would you rather get hit in the head by a belt or would you just fall on your face you i'd probably rather get hit with the belt honestly than have your <laughs> head land on head. the mat yeah uh um but and then so that kind of just sends things a little sting kind of understands i think like they don't really get into it but like they don't really fight that much after that like no, i thought good. i thought that was going to be like a brawl was going to ensue but that's i mean they've kind of foreshadowed like oh don't know if they'll be able to yeah, trust each other yeah. and i don't i I don't think that they gave it its proper for yeah. how much they hyped. It, it never paid off. Yeah. Uh, exactly. So meanwhile, Jarrett gets up on the top rope while this is all going on, and then he gets crotched, and then Brown gets sent headfirst right into Jarrett's dick. More dick trauma. Uh, Brown gets sent back outside, and then Team Canada run in, and then there's dual Scorpion death drops to Team Canada. Uh, it was it was uh, fun little spot. It was yeah. It was rude and young, and then Gail Kim gets on the top rope to distract Sting, and then Jarrett whacks Sting with the belt, and then the ref. Uh, recovers and is able to count a near fall for Jarrett and then Sting kind of hulks up here a little bit uh, he misses a stinger splash as does Christian they go for dual stinger splashes they both miss Jarrett grabs a guitar Sting grabs his bat and just dis- disintegrates this guitar oh I like bat. that part I've never it, seen that spot before it fell into dust it was awesome uh, and then Sting hits the scorpion death drop for the win onto I believe it was Jarrett yep uh, mm-hmm. in 15 minutes uh this was a decent match uh but man it really again it fell apart at the end Stop where booking. it was just so, so overbooked. I give it uh, 2.4 stars uh, because I didn't hate the match, but the ending, again, it was a tale of two two sides, right? I liked a lot of the fun character stuff in the beginning of the match with uh, kind of the all these egotistical men kind of sizing each other up and mocking each other. I loved all that, and then again, it just kind of went down that rabbit hole uh, toward the end. I gave it 2.75 because I thought the Sting debut was just perfect. Um, I thought there was some cool stuff in the match. Again, this match could actually benefit from going a little shorter. I agree. Um, yes. Without without team Can- even with team Canada interfering was okay, but the, like the ref bumps and all that stuff, it was just too much. But two point seven five, good return for Sting. Glad glad Christian got used properly, and I always yeah. love me some Mounty Brown. I don't. What did you think, Luke? Um, two and three quarter. Okay. Uh, you could tell that this match literally is just meant for Sting. Yeah. So the other three people do not matter. Oh, for sure. Now I will say I did really enjoy uh, Christian Cage getting his stuff in. Oh, like, definitely. Like especially in the beginning of the match, you know, when he's faking, when he's mocking the strut. Yeah, yeah. He's he's getting his stuff in, and I still just was really impressed. I just forgot how good Solo Christian was. Oh, I yeah. suppose. Yeah, he was great. Christian um, had a great run. But this match too, besides a couple, a few crazy spots, like it felt campy. At yeah. times, like Christian, felt very much like Christian, early nineties. Yes, Christian and Sting are doing dual death drops, dual yeah. stinger splashes, and like I'm sure Christian was in heaven. Oh, I'm sure he was <laughs> elated. Yeah, with one of his one of his heroes. Yeah. I, you'd assume anyway. Oh, for sure. So um, would you? Would oh, sorry. Oh yeah, no, no. Fuck me. Whatever. No, keep going. Uh, yeah, no, no. Two and three quarters. Go ahead. And so that's how we uh, the the pay per view ends with the two baby faces standing tall. So overall, what do you um, give the show? I thought this was a really solid show. Me too. Uh, there were a few things I would have changed, made matches longer, took some matches out. Uh, the longest match on this card was the opening match, and it came in around 17 minutes long. So there was not like a big 30-minute blow-away, like big pay-per-view match on this card. There were great matches on the card, but I felt like 
if one of the two, uh, one or two of these matches would have made a bit longer, this would have been an A show for me. Uh, I do still give it a B because I thought it was very solid and there's a lot of just, just good stuff. Man, this was a good era for TNA. I gave it a B as well. I thought it was a really good show. I like the, I like, I like most of it. So mm-hmm. B show, you should watch it. I gave it a B minus. Um, just overbooked. Yeah. Like, I mean, again. So last week or on the live stream, we talked, we went over this card, right? And it was like, oh my god, on oh paper, my god, yeah. oh my god! Like all of all of these matches, for the most part, look, there could have been three, four star matches on this show. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so easily. I just I just felt like there was a lot of wasted potential on this on this show. And uh, it, it is fun and is definitely worth watching because 06, 05, 06 TNA, at least for me, is, is really fun. Yeah. It's just so fun to watch. Um, but yeah, B minus. It's it's middle of the road. B B minus a little bit above middle of the road, but. Um, C, right C is average, so that would be an above average show. Be God, what a, stu- fair, what a, what enough, a studious man you are. Yeah. Um, well, that was, what a, what that, a was scholar. Uh, that was TNA. So uh, next week, we got New Year's Revolution 2005. Hate you. And uh, why do you hate me? You're mean. Okay. Sorry. Okay. So we, I quit. I'll run down the card Greg, real quick. Greg, get in here. Run down the card real quick. We got Eugene and William Regal versus Classic. the legendary tag team of Christian and Tyson Tomko. Uh, Trish Stratus versus Lita. Shelton Benjamin versus Maven. Muhammad Hassan <laughs> with Davari versus Jerry Lawler with Jim Ross. Oof. Oh, my God. Kane versus Snitsky. Oh, no. What have we done? And did Zach pick this? The It was between two shows, and we picked the better of the two cards. Oh, it, was okay. a, it was a committee decision. But the main event looks pretty good. You weren't involved. Elimination uh, Chamber course. with Shawn Michaels as the referee. Triple H versus Batista versus Chris Benoit versus Chris Jericho versus Edge versus Randy Orton. All right, that's good. That might make up for it. Uh, that might be a kind of a rough show, but it was better oh. than the other New Year's Revolution. Card. Yes, and also there is something to do with the Diva Search. But oh know. Lord, no! Yep. Yeah, I'm All sure right. that'll be great. Uh, well, we thank you guys for listening again. Uh, have a great and a very safe Happy New, New Year! Uh, we hope Get you all shitty. have a, a fun time, and we love every single one of you guys. We'll see you in 2019. See you next year. <laughs> <laughs> I said it.